All right. Well, it's my privilege and honor to be able to be up here today and share with you from some verses in Luke today. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app or whatever you do for reading along, if you would not uh, mind, open up to Luke 2, and we're going to be reading today from chapters 8 through 20. So our lesson is going to be based on uh, the shepherd and angels accounts. Uh, the sermon title today is The Shepherd's Six W's. And when I taught social studies back in the day, um, I used to say when we read a story, we try to look for the six W's. And so it's the who, what, when, where, why, and how, which how doesn't start with a W, but it's got a W in it. So that's why I said that. I'm, I mean, you don't have to be a good speller to be a social studies teacher either, but um, I'm living proof of that. So we're going to go through the six W's of the shepherd's account, along with the angels in Luke 2. Um, as I was preparing for the sermon for this week with Pastor Ian being gone, I just read through the Christmas accounts, and uh, this one is just one that I love the most out of all of them, is just this small section of uh, the Christmas story, Jesus' birth account. Um, Michelle would get on me and say, it's not just a story, it's a historical account. So it definitely is a historical account of what we know to be true about Christ and his birth and coming to this earth. And so um, as we go through here, we're just going to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of this story using these few verses as our uh, guide today. And so if you wouldn't mind reading along with me here, the shepherds and the angels from verses 8 through 20 in Luke chapter 2. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. We see that a lot in uh, the accounts with God sending his word and his angels to us. Uh, that initial reaction is falling down on your face, trembling in fear, um, and then some of the versions talk about fear being not only scared, but also just in great reverence to the awesomeness of God. In verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And so this is our first gospel account, right? We just sang the song about... Um, how the gospel is peace, and how Jesus saves. And so the angel proclaims this to the shepherds, that for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, the greatest of all joy found in a baby boy. And so in verse 11, he goes on, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so... A lot is in that verse there. We'll come back to that. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an, 
There, there with the angel was a multitude, multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so again, we see another beautiful, wonderful saying there that we can just come back to, right? Um, not only in this season, but in always, we can just say glory to God in the highest, right? And then we know that on earth, peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding and can only be given through Christ. Um, Just wonderful things to, to ponder upon. Verse 15, when the angel went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And then they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. So if you remember, the saying that had been known was, unto this day, this was born Christ the Lord, right? A Savior is born Christ the Lord. So they made known. Um, And then all who heard it wondered, what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And so, just a great set of verses there. Um, Just wonderful to go back to. It's wonderful to read to yourself, read with your family, read with your kids. I just encourage you to do that today and tomorrow and throughout the year, right? And so let's get into the six W's of the shepherd's account. Uh, The who, um, it's not just the shepherds, but we're going to start with them. The shepherds, uh, what I've come to understand in my walk with Christ and just in reading through the Bible and being in the Word is, and I I pray and hope that you guys all are aware and, and come to know this to be true, is the depth of the words in the Bible are just endless. And it's the same way with this small little chunk we're looking at today. There's no way in whatever time I'm going to take today I can do justice to it. But um, we can just explore and understand that the depth of this is pretty amazing. And it starts with the purposeful choosing of the shepherds to be the, the first people to start spreading the gospel. And we can, we can understand that the shepherds were chosen for many reasons. Um, their humble beginnings is probably one of them. Um, the fact that they were willing and able to see it for what it's worth, take it as it is, humbly proclaim what they were told, um, is just really amazing. The shepherds were hardworking They were very appreciative of their role that had been given them. In this particular time and place, the who matters, but there's also a little bit of what that goes along with the shepherds. Um, The shepherds in this time around Bethlehem would have been taking care of some of the most fragile uh, sheep because they were the lambs that were getting ready to be slaughtered. And so they had to care for them. These were the quote-unquote, perfect lambs, the ones without blemish that were taken off, that were being kept, because in that city, in that time, 
they were priests that were going to have to do the, the sacrificing um, that was called upon by Jewish tradition in that time. And so these shepherds had a very, very important job to do, and they, they probably did it, um, did it well. And so um, they were hardworking. I think they were probably very appreciative about their role in, in playing that part in, in God's plan as they knew it, and it was all going to change in this moment, right? And how did it change? In one of the most drastic ways that you can think of, through an angel of the Lord. And so if you're like me and you, you try weird, strange things at times, you've probably all been in a dark room and as dark as dark can be and then flipped on the light all of a sudden just, just because, right? Because you needed to see again. But just think about what that did to your body in that moment and your, your eyes and your brain. Like it almost hurts when that light comes on, right? And so you can see that in this time, even if there was the brightest moon and the brightest stars on that particular night, it was still nighttime. And guess what? When that angel of the Lord showed up, it says, um, it says that the, the glory of the Lord shone around them, right? And so we can just kind of imagine what that must have been like for the shepherds when that angel appeared, the other who of just why they would just fall on the ground and why they would be in fear, why they would tremble. Um, just something that we see throughout Scripture, it's your natural reaction to the glory of the Lord, right? And if you would see the fullness of the glory of the Lord, you wouldn't be able to survive, but he gives us glimpses, right? I think we probably have seen glimpses in our lives of just the glory of the Lord, and our initial reaction is to just hopefully fall on our knees in fear and revere the Lord and just to be overwhelmed. And so this angel of the Lord shows up, and what does he do? The first thing he says, fear not. Okay. And so uh, I appreciate Matt's prayer this morning because a lot of times um, during the Christmas season, I think we can just get overwhelmed by feelings um, that are not necessarily um, edifying to the Lord. And so we can find great encouragement in these verses with the, the account of the angel here when he says, fear not. And why do you not need to fear? Because guess what? I bring you good news of great joy for all people. And today, brothers and sisters, I want to proclaim to you the greatest of great joys is Jesus. And, and he was born on this day all those years ago. And so when they say, I bring you good news of great joy, they're speaking to Jesus and his coming in this moment and this time. And it's just a great uh, time to be able to remember this. Um, and it's just a blessing to be able to just talk about it and read through it and go over it with you. Um, the other who in here, we have the heavenly hosts, right? And so what do we learn from them in this moment is we learn that this multitude of heavenly hosts shows up, and what are they doing? Praising God. And their words are very important as well, right? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What an encouragement is to the church, right? This is people that are called to the Lord, and he says what? He says, peace among those whom he is pleased, okay? And 
Something I think is really in context that you need to know, and we talked about this in men's study a few weeks ago, but it was about the time period that it was in. It was called the Pax Romana, right? So Rome took over after Alexander the Great, and there's just this peace around the world. It's a worldly peace, though, because how is it, how is it kept? It's kept because Rome has the biggest, baddest army, and they'll kill you if you don't want to just fall into their uh, rule and reign. Right? So it's not really a peace. And so when these angels come, multitude of heavenly hosts come and they proclaim a peace. It's not what the Jews thought it was going to be. But it is the most important peace. And it's one that you and I can still experience today and always. Because it's a peace through the Spirit from Christ that we can have. And so on a day like today... Um, these heavenly hosts are proclaiming it. All right. And, and I think another thing that's really, really important to understand is when they say this, there's a couple things that it alludes back to. It alludes back to Jesus Christ being Lord. Okay. So he is the king. He is the man. He's the Messiah. Right. And then when when the heavenly hosts proclaim peace among those with whom he is pleased, he's the king, and this is his kingdom. And his kingdom started right then. And, and it's something that's still going today. It's something that he promises to bring back in its perfect form. But it's one of the hardest things with Christians to wrestle with, I think, is the here and now kingdom versus the eternal kingdom but I, I just urge you as we talk about this and as you leave is just ponder upon that kingdom mentality, that kingdom mindset. What does it mean to live in his kingdom here and now? And he gives us two words in there, joy and peace that are not given from the world, that are only given from him. And, and I urge you to just search that out and to understand it and to just live to and through and for and, and in that fact, those two words that are granted and given to us because of this moment and this time when this little baby shows up. Mary, we'll come back to her more later, but obviously she was a pretty important part of the story, right? Um, your will be done, Lord. Uh, I don't even know how that would have all looked or what she would have been going through, but it's just amazing just to ponder on her just saying, let your will be done. Um, what a great example it is for us. And then Joseph, humble man. He had it in his mind to divorce her without making a big scene of it. And then the angel shows up and tells him a different story, right? And so he also had to do the will of the Lord, knowing how hard that would be. I can only imagine what it would have been like in the context of today. Joseph showing up, not fully married. Their tradition was strange. It was not like marriage today. You get engaged, you get married a few months later, whatever. It was, it was a process. And so when they were betrothed, uh, they were set apart for each other. They were in a way married. They were committed under God already. But they weren't to be together until the actual ceremony but she's walking around with a baby bump. So you can imagine what it was like to be in the villages and in the towns 
or Joseph. Uh, it was either scandalous to him or scandalous to her or scandalous for a million other reasons. It would have been all over Facebook and Instagram and whatever, right? But they didn't have that back then. They just had talking, and I'm sure it was awful. But we don't know anything about that. We can just assume he's seeking God a lot in those days to just endure the sin and the brokenness of the world to get to the point where they can welcome this baby boy into the world. And Joseph gets to name him Jesus, who he was told to name him, right? And so those are the who's of the story. Um, Now to the what, right? Hopefully the what is close to what we come here every week for, and that's Christ. Um, The what to this story particularly is the birth of Christ, right? But um, there's so much more than just the birth in these uh, few verses, these 12 or 13 verses here. It's, It's what all of God's people have been waiting for after that point, right? If we go through the Old Testament from from the fall till he is born, we are seeking and wanting a Messiah. And guess what? He shows up. And so uh, it's just so amazing that, that God's people have been coming to this point for all of these years. And I think what's even more cool and amazing about God's story is there's that time where there was the silence, right? There was just the time from the end of the Old Testament through all the minor prophets to, bam, Matthew shows up. And and it's not the book of Matthew, but when Christ shows up, after we know that John the Baptist and Elizabeth and Zechariah and all these other people were involved, um, it's just crazy to know that we got to the point that we've been waiting for. And uh, what a blessing it is, right? So, so the shepherds, we're going to get the word out. Um, I feel like that that probably added to the complication of things because the news spread fast that this king had been born, this, this Lord, this Savior. And guess what? I think it made it hard on his family, and we know it did because they had to leave and flee later, right? And so the shepherds did their job. The Magi came and did their job later. Um, Joseph did his job as the father to keep him safe, and they came back. Um, and so the what was the birth of Christ, something that we'd been waiting for as God's people for a long time. And Pastor Ian, I think, did a great job of talking about the win a few weeks ago couple weeks ago. Um, But I think it's good to just review and go over. So when we talk about the who, we talk about the what, and when we get to the when, it's the perfect time in history. I don't know that we could say that enough to understand that God, in all his power, in all his glory, in all his sovereignty, in all his providence, in all his wisdom, had this time chosen for his plan to just be able to be carried out. And so at this particular time, a couple thousand years ago, it's very important to understand that it happened at that time in that place for that reason, that his word could spread everywhere. The Romans had it set up where they had roads 
the trade routes had happened. Uh, Alexander the Great had connected the east to the west. Like all of these things had to be in place. And Jesus had to be born in this time, in that place, for that purpose. She knows. And so, and then we throw in the, the, the perfectness of John the Baptist. And, and that part of the story I just love so much too is John the Baptist in the belly knew that Jesus was Lord. Uh, I talked about in first service, I just remember how our pediatrician always would just encourage us to read and talk and pray and just do all of these things with the baby before the baby's even born while they're in the womb, you know, and just how powerful communication is prior to that. And we can see in the Bible that that's true, right? John the Baptist leapt in the belly and, and she proclaimed to Mary, you are blessed among women. After the angel had said that, Mary probably didn't tell her the story that the angel had said that. It's just is what it is, right? All those little tiny intricacies of God's story are so amazing and carry so much meaning. Um, and so I just think that this when part of it is super important because it allows for the gospel to be spread. And, and we can never underestimate that and we can never take advantage of that or just discount it. I think it's good to just ponder on. I think it's good to review. I think it's good to think about uh, of just how important it is to know that that time in history was perfectly ordained by God himself. And the reason why is because we are able to have the gospel because of that. Um, and it just all goes back to God's power, his authority, his sovereignty, his providence. And it talks about it. It's part of Isaiah 9, 6 when he said, you know, there's a baby coming, and he's going to be the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor. But he also says he's going to be over all authorities and governments. And from that moment and that time, that is obviously true before that, but we can really see the importance of that. Um, I think it was David that said uh, the turning point in history was Jesus' birth, but everything after Christ was born was and is and has been influenced by that. And I can take that a little bit further, and I can say it's because everybody has either been for or against Jesus because of that. And whether you know it or not, and whether we realize it or not, every person and every authority and every power, even still today, is influenced by Jesus because you're either for him or you're against him. And the power and how that's all laid out has been influenced by him in one way or another. And so if it's goodness and it's of his truth and it's of his authority, it's of him, okay? Or he's using it for his good and his purpose and his will and his authority. And, and everything that's not in line with that is not of him. It's of uh, the prince of this time. But it's just so amazing that in, in that time 2,000 years ago, the world has changed. And, and everybody and everything since then can be connected to all that he's done and, and what he's taught and what he's done and his, his will and his way. And uh, it's just pretty amazing to just think back and ponder upon.
All right, let's go to the where. The where is of is utmost importance as well. So we talked about the when, we talked about the where. The where is in the city of David in Bethlehem. It had to be this, as Malachi said, um, or sorry, it was, it was Micah. In the, in the prophets, like, the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. Guess where the Savior was born? In Bethlehem, right? And so the scriptures come true through this baby. It had to happen in Bethlehem, okay? I think another thing of note is we can understand that Bethlehem is a unique town in many ways. Way number one, it is a place for kings. It's a city of David, right? We, we read in the verses here, uh, in verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior is Christ the Lord. We're in the city of David when we're in Bethlehem, right? We also remember that from uh, a while ago when I preached, the, the, the town of Bethlehem itself was the town of bread, right? And so Ruth and Naomi came back to that town, they, the famine had run them out. They came back to the town of bread, and they meant the kinsman redeemer in this town. So this is a town of redeemers. This is a count, town of kings, and this is a town of bread. And so when we see all of this stuff, like there is nothing that's without purpose in the Bible. We see that the kinsman redeemer was from this town. We have the redeemer that was born in this town, we see it is the town of bread that gave life back to the line of David through Boaz redeeming the family. And so then Boaz to Obed to Jesse to King David and then all the way to Jesus through Joseph, right? And then, brothers and sisters, I just want you to think about this. If it's the town of bread, the bread of life was born there as well. And so it's just amazing all of these intricate connections in just the where that all this went down. And so I just as you as you are in the Christmas season and you need to just unplug from what the world is giving you and get back to what matters the most, just go back to these verses and think about the six W's. So the bread of life is from here. The where did matter. It was the it was the line of King David. It was it was the messianic prophecy that it would come from there. Um, and as I was looking at the map, as I was preparing, when King Herod was doing the awful thing to all the firstborns, uh, all those boys, it's a little bit closer to Egypt even. It didn't happen in Jericho. It didn't happen in Jerusalem. Um, just all those little in- intricacies and in, in, in how that happened and how it shook out, I think it all mattered, obviously. It did because we got to the perfect point. Now, to the why. Jesus came to save us, right? What's his name mean? It means to save, right? Um, and so Yeshua uh, means to rescue, to deliver, to save. Um, and we see that we know that the angels were proclaiming this. Uh, they came down and they said, fear not, I bring you good news of great joy in this town, in this time, in the city of David, a Savior was born who is Christ the Lord, Christ the Messiah. And so the why is hopefully why we come to church every week, because 
Jesus, right? And so anytime that you're struggling, anytime that um, you need to take heart, because Jesus, right? This is the why. We were born for a purpose. We were born for his purpose. I hope that you guys all can live that. Um, not just know that, but live it, right? And so uh, it also just brings me back to this, the verse from John 20, when it talks about, blessed are you for believing because you have seen, but more blessed are those for uh, those who have not seen. And so we weren't there like the shepherds who were able to go and see Jesus. And, and I don't know what that would look like. like I, in my mind, I try to imagine, but like walking in and seeing this baby, and I don't know what a perfect baby would look like. I mean, I think most babies are pretty close to perfect. But walking in and seeing Jesus at, being the perfect baby, being the king of all kings, being the Lord and the Savior, some shepherd folk walking in there and are like, wow. I don't know what that would have been like, but whatever that feeling was like the first time that you saw your own child or a grandbaby or your best friend's kid or whatever it was, like I'm sure we can all kind of like conjure back some of those feelings and those thoughts from when you see that really special baby in your life. And then to walk in and see swaddling cloths on straw in a manger, king of the world. What, that, what would that have been like, right? And so it's just always good to think about those things. And then it's even better just to know and believe on those things, even though we don't get to see him laying in the manger. And so can we see Jesus? Yes, we can. You can see him every single day, whenever you want, right there. Okay? And I just think it's always good to remember that. Can you see Jesus? Yes, you can. Okay? The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Um, and hopefully it brings us back to what the angels say. Glorify and praise God. And guess what the shepherds did? They went back. And they glorified and they praised God for all they had seen and heard. Guess what we can do? Glorify and praise God for all that we have seen and heard. And we are so blessed because we have the whole story. We just don't have the moment that night like the shepherds had. We have it all. We have it all right here. Okay? And I just pray that we never lose sight of that. It also brings me to think even deeper into, did those shepherds, did they see his miracles as he was teaching when he got older? Did they experience his healings? Um, did they sit on the grass and listen to him preach? I, all those things kind of come into my mind and I think about this. Um, and then I think, are they like me? Were they there? on the day that he was crucified? Were they one of those mocking voices like me? Um, were they scoffing like me? And my answer is yes. Because guess what? Like you and like me, they were sinners, but they were called to him. And I just don't think we can ever forget about that why and the importance behind it. Um, 
And I also think they pick the shepherds as part of this story because Jesus himself proclaims later on as he's teaching, I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. My sheep will know me, right? And I will call them by name. And what a great encouragement is to us as our why on today. And hopefully always, right? And then we get to the how of this part of Scripture. And the intricacies of how we got here, we go back to the fullness of the Bible up to this point, right? So we got our Bible. It's really thick up to that point, right? But there's so much that led to this moment in history and time. And I just want to read a few of these things to you. Um, I, I was visiting with the brother in Christ the other day, and he's like, just how many prophecies there are? I read lots of different things, and, and I don't know. It, it just depends on the messianic prophecies versus the other prophecies. And so, uh, you know, somewhere between two and 300 or over 300, depending on, on, on what you would classify as prophecies pertaining to Christ. But there's a lot. And it all had to play out perfectly to prove that Jesus was Jesus. And guess what? It happened, right? He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is there. And so uh, just a few things that are, I think, worth mentioning. Uh, Jesus came to reconcile people to God. That's, we see that clear back in Genesis 3.15. And, and we know that he does that because he's proclaimed as being the Savior, as the Rescuer, as the Redeemer. Um, we know that he would be the descendant of, of King David from Isaiah 11. It says that in Matthew 1. Uh, Ian went over that a lot. Historically, uh, we see that several things had to happen. Like he had to come when Jerusalem was rebuilt, so after the exile, before the destruction. That's historically proven that he came during that time. Um, in Micah 5.2, he would be born in Bethlehem. He was in Isaiah 7, 13 and 14. It talked about the virgin birth. That happened. Like all of this how gets to Jesus being uh, born and being our king, our Lord, our savior, uh, our Emmanuel. Isaiah 7, 14, he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Talks about that in Matthew 1, 23. Um, we talked about ushering in the kingdom in Daniel, they talk about the Son of Man would have the everlasting throne. The throne of David, everlasting. He's set up to rule and reign forevermore. Um, and then later on in, light, in Luke, we, we hear in Luke uh, 2.32, where it says, A light for the revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. Um, that comes from Isaiah 42.6. And so... All these prophecies get us to how did Jesus become who he is in that moment, in that time? How was he born of Mary to Joseph and to the world? Because God made it that way. Um, I don't think we can ever underestimate that. And then that gets us back to the who again. Okay, So we went who, what, when, where, why, how, and now the who is the so important part. And not the shepherd's and not the angels, and not Joseph, and not Mary, who all played a part, but the who that matters most is Jesus. 
And as we get back to the heart of this season on Christmas Eve as it is today, what is the meaning for this moment? What is the meaning that we have here and now, today? Christ. Christ should be your purpose. Christ should be your meaning. Christ should be your everything. And um, brothers and sisters, I just think that you need to reflect on how blessed we are to live in a country right now where we can be here, be safe, have a Bible in our hands, be fellowshipping before we come in the door, be able to fellowship when we leave, be able to celebrate Christ openly and outwardly, go tell anybody about it today in a store, on a walking path, on the telephone, in an email, in a text, and you don't have to worry. Because it won't be that way forever. It's not that way for people in different parts of the world. And so I just want to proclaim it right now, how amazing and how blessed we are to be able to say we can celebrate Christmas, Christ's birth, openly, outwardly, and just revel in it, right? And so I don't want to deny the importance of all the cast members that we talked about in this historical account, the shepherds, the angels, Mary, Joseph, okay? But they're here for a purpose of pointing to Christ. And so Christ, our Savior, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One um, of David, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor. It's just amazing to be able to just say those, those amazing words and those amazing names that all are represented by the person of Christ. As Matt prayed, our God, the maker of heaven and earth, the universe, took on flesh to come down for us in the most humble and, and vulnerable stage in infancy. Grew up through it, and, and just, it, it was amazing to know that he got to the place that he did only to die for us and be resurrected so that we may be made right by him, by his work, by his will. And so, the who is the most important. Um, the angels pointed to God. The gospel was started in this moment. Um, we know that he became the good shepherd. We know that he uh, is the Christ. Uh, and before we leave, I just want to go back to one more verse in here. And I want us to just reflect on verse 19. And it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So Mary had had the baby. Prior to having the baby, she came to be with child through the Spirit after being visited by an angel. She's betrothed. Her husband stayed her husband when he could have just walked away. And they traveled to Bethlehem. I don't know about you, but the pediatrician told us, to go for a bumpy ride to try to... And so she's going all the way to Bethlehem on a bad road, maybe on a donkey, I don't know, but it's probably not the smoothest of rides. But God held on to that baby for her so, so they could make it to Bethlehem 
to get there because she had because Jesus had to be born there. Like all of these little things to think about and to ponder upon, right? On the who. And so Mary got to this point, and then she's spending time with Joseph and their new baby in a stable away from everybody else, and two random or a few random shepherds just show up. That'd be kind of weird, right? Like when you're in the hospital and you had your baby, you're expecting, you know, your family to show up, maybe some really close friends, but not people that you don't even know that probably don't smell that great, right? And they're coming to see your baby, and guess what they say? They say, an angel has showed up and told me what you already know, kind of. You know that Jesus is going to be a Savior because that's what his name means, but guess what? The angels told us that this is Christ the Lord, a Savior. And so what does she do? She's taken the fullness of it from the time she was visited by the angel that said, you're going to have a baby. And she's like, what? She's got through this point. God has kept her safe. God has grown the baby in the womb. God has got Joseph to agree to take care of her to love her and to honor her and to glorify God in the, in the process. And they're to Bethlehem. There's no place for them, but they found a place. And why? Because it was meant to be where that baby would be swaddled up so the shepherds could come, so they could proclaim that it is Christ the Lord, that he is the Savior. He's Jesus. And so then the story continues, and it goes on and on and on, and we have... We have them presented in the temple. They go through the Jewish traditions. Um, Herod does his thing, his awful, awful thing. Uh, they go off to Jesus. They come back to Nazareth so he can be called a Nazarene. Uh, he abandons his parents, stays at the temple for a while. He learns, but he more teaches, right? And we get to this point in verse 51 where Mary says it again, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them, and his mother treasured up all these things in her heart again. And so he's living, he's alive, he's growing in knowledge and stature or wisdom and stature, and he's becoming the Christ. Um, he's, he is the Christ, but his human body has to grow too, Right? And so it's, it's so crazy and so awesome to just think about how, that, how all that went. But I just urge you, brothers and sisters, as you go out uh, today, to just take heart, verses 19 and 51. Treasure up all these things, because guess what? We have more than Mary had, because we, we have the story to be continued. We have the continuation, right? At that point... He's just a boy, and she's treasuring these things up in her heart. She does not know everything that he's yet to do. Guess what? We know everything he has done and he is doing, and we know what he's going to do still. Jesus is coming back, and, and we can just proclaim that. Um, so as you go out, just, just again, I want to read that verse again. Um, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So in this Christmas season, in this time, 
I want you to treasure up all those things, all the who, what, when, where, whys, and hows of the Christmas story. I want you to ponder on them, and I just want that to be the great joy and the peace that surpasses all understanding that can only come from Christ. And today, we get to celebrate his birth. Um, I often think, well, why don't... This is why I love Pastor Scott leading worship, because he'll throw in a Christmas song in the middle of May or in the middle of August every once in a while. And it's just, like, it's good to remember that it started at that point. It didn't just start at that point, but, you know, it's just, it's just great. Um, but those three songs we, we sing today are just such a blessing because they bring us back to the heart of the joy and the peace that is found only through Christ our Lord and Savior, only through Emmanuel, God with us. And so please take that time to just ponder on the fullness of it, uh, of all the who that Christ really is. When we get to celebrate Christmas, it is about Christ. It is about his coming. Um, and then we know the full story from there. He lived his life. He preached. He teached. He taught. He, he lived a sinless life. He died on that cross to, to conquer death, to conquer sin. Uh, he died on the cross to conquer death. He was resurrected. Um, he was ascended to uh, God the Father. He is there for us today, and he's coming back again for us later. And so uh, we can reflect on the fullness of his story, of all that is Christ, being the Messiah, being the anointed one, being the Lord of Lord, being the kings of kings, being the wonderful counselor, um, being all that he is, and it's just good to remember that he was named Jesus because he came to save his people. And so I just urge you to ponder that. I urge you to treasure all of these truths in your heart now and always, um, and what a blessing it is to just be able to be in his word and to fellowship uh, on a day the Lord has made. Uh, let us go and go in prayer. Heavenly Father, Again, we are just so blessed to know that you are the Redeemer, um, that you came to deliver, that you came to rescue. Uh, what a great thing to just proclaim out loud. I just hope that we are able to proclaim to the highest heavens that you deserve all glory and deserve all honor. Um, we know that you are the who that matters most. Help us to live like that. Um, help us to live that we know that you are our Savior, that you are our Lord. Um, not just today, not just because we celebrate your birth, um, but because uh, you deserve it. You are a worthy God. We want to proclaim that. Uh, we are just so blessed to be able to be like Mary, that we can just treasure up your fullness in our hearts, and that we can ponder upon that. Just, I just pray that your spirit would move mightily in us, that we would just gain wisdom um, from your word, that we would just be able to reflect upon your story, um, and that we would just praise you and honor you and just live in the glory that came with your birth. We know that that's just the start of the story, which is so amazing to say as well. And we are just blessed to be able to just have your word 
at our fingertips. Let us never take that for granted. Um, again, Lord, we just pray that in this time, in this place, and as we leave here, that we would just glorify and honor uh, all that you are. And again, we are just so thankful that we can share um, in your story and uh, just let us seek your will and your way as we continue living for you and to you. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen.